0: Hallelujah, Christ is risen. In a recent essay about undergoing treatment for breast cancer, the poet Ann Boyer wrote quote, Every cell is a kingdom of both substance and spirit, and any kingdom can be overthrown. Our life force, like our bodies, never seems to issue away from us all at once. In other words, we don't die all at once, we die inch by inch. Luther used to call those slides toward nothingness, little deaths. They remind us that we don't live forever, that we have limits, that we're finite. For some of us, those little deaths are physical. We lose the ability to do certain things, to walk, to get dressed, to drive. You're told that the walker, the aid, the lifeline is for your own good, but you don't know. For some of us, those little deaths are medical. For the sake of our health, we leave bits and pieces of us behind in hospitals and clinics. Hips, breasts, valves, knees. And for many of us, those little deaths are our stories. You visit your parent in the Alzheimer's unit, and the memories of this person's life are held only by the pictures on the wall. Those little deaths remind us that we enter the world inch by inch, and we leave it inch by inch, too. But there's another kind of little death, too—not physical, medical, or cognitive, but personal nonetheless—the kind of death that most of us not only experience, but are taught as a kind of wisdom early on in our lives—the death of our self-worth. As children, we're taught that the world is an uncertain, dangerous place, and at some point you are going to bump into the sharp edge of the world that doesn't recognize your value as a person. So when the world starts to close in on you, just make yourself a little bit smaller and try not to get hurt. When you get harassed at work, remember to be glad you even have a job. When someone tells you maybe you did this to yourself, remember maybe they might be right. When people tell you to go back to where you came from, remember it's not prejudice, just economic anxiety. So lower your expectations. Don't hold your opinions or your values too tightly. And whatever you do, don't get too attached to your integrity as a person. It only makes it harder when you have to give it up. And that is exactly how the people in today's Gospel reading felt. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, the apostles, the other women, and Peter. They have staked their lives on Jesus' claim that in his ministry the kingdom of God has entered the world. That God's yes of mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation has come into the world, and that a new way of living is possible. That the life that God intends for all people, life free of fear and anxiety and hatred, is on the horizon. But the world said no to God's yes, and now they are left to pick up the pieces of whatever is left. It was Jesus who died on Good Friday, but they died a little death too. So the women who went to the tomb that morning to anoint Jesus' body were doing the best they could, likely thinking that maybe the real problem wasn't that Jesus was crucified, it was that they got their hopes up in the first place. You can't keep doing that to yourself. And now the best they can do is give Jesus a proper burial before going back to lives that are a little bit smaller, a little bit closer to death than they were just a few days ago. And how does Luke quote what happens next? They did not find the body. This is an almost absurdly obvious point to make, but it's worth saying out loud that for Luke, Easter is about bodies. What the women find is not simply that they can still follow Jesus' teachings even after he's dead. It's not that Jesus gave them some sort of spiritual caffeine boost and now they can pray better. And it isn't even that a little part of you just kind of keeps going on forever after you die. Now, what they discover is that Jesus, who died into nothingness, who has been dead for three days, has been raised from death. They discover that God's yes to Jesus' life is bigger than the world's no. That even when we've come to the end of our resources and imagination and limits, God is there on the other side doing what God always does, creating, redeeming, and loving. So what the women at the tomb discover, what we all discover, is not just the absence of Jesus' body. We discover something about ourselves. That our bodies have value, that our humanity has significance, that our lives have integrity, no matter what anyone else says about them. Whenever the world says no to us, God keeps on saying yes. This past fall, after the shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, a group of us went to Temple Beth Roshon on the next Shabbat, and the sanctuary that night was way fuller than usual. Benny said he usually has about 20 people on a Friday, and there were at least 100 there that night. And lots of those people said they didn't go often, but they felt like they had to be there because they wanted to hear something from Rabbi Benny. So we light the Shabbat candles, we get through some Hebrew prayers, we hear some readings, and then we get to Reb Benny's sermon. And as everyone's waiting to see what kind of wisdom, what kind of comfort he's going to come up with, what do you say after 11 people have been killed? And what does Benny say? He says, wear a kippah for a week. Even if you normally don't, just do it for a week. Wear a kippah as a sign that you're not going to make yourself smaller, wear a kippah as a sign that you are proud of who you are, wear a kippah so that your brothers and sisters know that they're not alone, wear a kippah because you know that hatreds no, is drowned out by God's yes. If you say, I don't belong in the public sphere, I'm going to take up even more space. If you say, I don't have a right to pray how I want, then I'm going to pray even harder. And if you say I don't belong in this community, then I'm gonna put down my roots here even deeper. I thought his sermon was a metaphor until about a month ago. After the massacres at two mosques in New Zealand, I went to Friday prayers at the Islamic Center in Midland Park. And I was talking to this guy named Raif who has three daughters. And we were talking about how they were handling the shooting. How do you explain as a father to your kids that there are people in the world, in communities pretty much like yours, that want to kill you. And Raif said that on Wednesday after the shooting, his 11-year-old daughter announced in no uncertain terms, I think I want to wear a hijab to school tomorrow. And Raif very sensibly tried explaining that this was a really sensitive time, she was going to get bullied, none of the other Muslim kids at school veil. why don't we just wait for a while and do it later but he says, it's your choice. Are you sure you want to do this? And she said, yes. And when she got home the next day, Raif was expecting to hear some horror story about how the day went. And instead, she came home with a big smile on her face and said not only had the kids not bullied her, they wanted to know more about it. And so she got to give a presentation to the class about what it was and why she was wearing it. And since they wanted people to respect her choice, they brought in the principal and the guidance counselor. And because the mosque was going to be under police protection that night, they found out who would be on duty and brought in the police officer. So the whole community came together to say, tell me more about who you are so I can respect your integrity as a person. And as Raif is recounting this story to me, he has a huge smile on his face. And he looks over at his daughter who's running around the mosque with reckless abandoned shouting. And he says, I've never been more proud. Raif went to pick up his daughter that afternoon expecting to find another little death, just like the women who went to the tomb that first Easter. And instead he found a little sign of the resurrection. See, it's true that we die in pieces, but St. Luke tells us something more, that we rise in pieces too. Did the women who went to the tomb experience, capital R, Resurrection? No. Only Jesus has. But they did experience a little one, a little glimpse into God's promised future. Because Jesus has risen from the dead, body, humanity, and all, we know that we have a future we can trust in, a future that allows us to face life's big and little deaths honestly but live unconstrained by the fear of them. We rise in pieces whenever we find that our perspective, which is so often narrowed by the constraints of death, is not God's perspective. So inch by inch, piece by piece, relationship by relationship, community by community, yes by yes. Christ is risen, and so are we all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.